Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? <gasps> Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. And brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You could try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Charters Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Abner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Aura Athletic Greens, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, you seemed very inquisitive. You had that like just curious look on your face as as I was opening up the show. And I know what you're what you're doing just in terms of getting ready for this one because I know we've gone through we've done our spotlights on certain positions obviously we've done the wide receivers we've done the secondary we've done the interior defensive line and now today is I almost feel like it's kind of like the forgotten position a little bit because nothing really changed between 2022 and 2023 as it relates to this direct group a lot of inv- people who predicted that the Chargers would invest in this position, whether it be free agency or the draft, that it did not happen. And we're talking about the tight ends in this circumstance. So Dan and I are going to break down the tight end group. I know as we're inching closely to training camp, we're about just over two weeks away now. And wanted to talk about this group because I think this is actually going to be a very, maybe even right now, it's an underrated group as it stands. But think about Kellen Moore and how he is going to utilize this group specifically. If you think about the way he did it in Dallas, think about how he's going to utilize this group of tight ends. But before we get into it, Dan Wolkenstein, obviously, as always, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, you hear a lot of people talking about tight ends for the Chargers team and the possible kind of... Uh, slim pickings, if you will, in terms of the roster and the depth of that position. And could they have gone in the direction of tight end in the draft? Uh, what their expectations are, given how Dallas Schultz did um, in Dallas. Uh, Dalton Schultz, excuse me. Dallas uh, Schultz. That's just, that's <laughs> Dallas Schultz. Um, but I, again, I want to kind of temper people's expectations of like, you know, what's the thing they did in Dallas? Like you've heard Kellen Moore talk a lot about he tailors this team or the play calling to the team and to the roster. And so the Chargers roster is different and has some different strengths and weaknesses on offense than he had in Dallas. So while we'll talk while we're talking about this tight end group, it's not fair to just say, oh, look what he did in Dallas. Therefore, that's what he's gonna do in LA. I think you got to kind of pay attention to the roster, strength and weaknesses by position, and then he can kind of go forward which is what we're going to try to do here with the tight end position. Uh, Jake, before we go further over or under, got to pay bills over or under 0.5. Okay. I'm going to go 0.5 
tight end UDFAs that make the 53-man roster? <laughs> Under. Respectfully. Under. <laughs> With all due respect. Under. Yes. Hasht- hashtag preview. Okay, let's pay the bills. Yeah, so want to just remind everybody real quick that Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games to play right from your very own home. All you have to do to get into the action is head on over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join. And re- be sure to use that promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Jake. Tight end position focus. Uh, I will give you the keys to this Ferrari today. Uh, how would you like to kick this one off? I mean, we could basically just go through, because again, nothing from this tight end group has changed between last year and this year. The Chargers brought back, obviously, the same big four for this tight end group that I would expect to ultimately make the 53-man roster as we head into the season. I think they will keep all four in Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, Trey McKitty, and Stone Spart in this circumstance. Um and who knows, between now and the beginning of the season, they may actually add another player to this tight end group, depending on who becomes available, because it just, especially from a blocking standpoint, it just seems like that is one thing that is just glaring with this team as far as what it needs to help them out in a multitude of different ways. Trey McKitty obviously has not risen in that fact, and that was one of the main reasons that we all felt that the Chargers had drafted him two seasons ago. Donald Parham. I would say is probably your best blocker that you've had on this team. And unfortunately he has succumbed to uh, numerous injuries over the last couple of, of seasons. But let's just look at this from this circumstance that this has been the last two years of Joe Lombardi. And now we're transitioning to Kellen Moore in this offense. And I, I did a short about this, Dan, um, this past Sunday and talking about this. And, you know, if let's just start off with Gerald Everett. And if you look at the stats for him, um, is he up there with the top tight ends in the league? No, but he had a career high in reception yards in receptions themselves, 55 and 555. So apparently he likes the number five <laughs> for receiving yards last season. Uh, came, I thought he came in big, especially, um, you know, in the Jacksonville game late in the season, obviously when there was really nothing going on for the Chargers offense. And when someone had to step up, even at a loss, I felt like he did. And Dan, check this out. He was only second to Austin Eckler in red zone targets. You think of, I mean, obviously Keenan Allen wasn't there for bulk of the season. They weren't going to Mike Williams. They weren't going to, you know, obviously Keenan Allen. They weren't going to anybody else. Gerald Everett became essentially the number two targeted option for the Chargers in the red zone last year. And it was just a damn shame that Donald Parham was not healthy for a bulk of last season because I would have loved to see the two tight end sets in this offense that we have just been clamoring for to see produce and create these type of mismatches. And Gerald Everett, I think just recently, I can't remember who it was that put out a piece on it, but as far as like the most underrated charger possibly on the roster or like the least talked about player on this roster or overlooked, if you will. And Gerald Everett was the guy that they had selected for this. And I really think, you know, you look at this and, in this type of an offense and establishment, if you just take over from what Kellen Moore was able to do with Dalton Schultz, who just a year ago, Dalton Schultz was the number one rated red zone target for the Dallas Cowboys. That was above CD Lamb. That was above any other other wide receivers. That was above any other other running backs that they had. And just the year before that, I think he was number three 
maybe number three or number four, but still he was targeted a good amount of the time. And Kellen Moore had a plan for Dalton Schultz. I think for, Kellen for, Moore for, for reference, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off for reference, just yeah. to put that in perspective, 2021, again, two years ago, second most targets on the entire Dallas Cowboys team. Thank you. With 104 behind CD lamb with 120. You're just talking total targets. Yes. Yes. That in and of itself is pretty damn incredible. And that's that's two years ago with a roster of CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and a lot of the other receivers that are part of that group. If we're just pigeonholing this into the red zone, because obviously the Chargers have such a plethora of weapons this season. And I feel like this is another opportunity that while Gerald Everett hit career highs for himself last year, I think this is a great opportunity to see him get another bump in both of those maybe more specifically as far as touchdowns goes. I really think that as far as the red zone goes, and Dan, we were talking about those, let's just call them interesting stats that we went through for the things that the Chargers need to fix heading into 2023. It was their red zone scoring. And I personally think that this tight end group, and if you want to pigeonhole this to specifically Gerald Everett and Donald Parham, I think they're going to be the fixtures to this, and they're going to be a key component to the Chargers putting up more points um, from game to game. Now, there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's a lot to unpack with the the Chargers tight end group and what the it could look like this year and what Kellen Moore does with tight ends. Uh, I do agree in the sense that Gerald Everett seems to be slept on by a lot of people. And... I, don't shoot the messenger, but did you know Gerald Everett was a top 10 tight end in terms of targets in the entire NFL last year? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought about it. You, you wouldn't, wouldn't put it. You wouldn't have put his name with all the big name tight ends in the league. You wouldn't do that. Ninth most targeted tight end in the NFL last year. And in terms of production, he had almost the exact same stat line as Dalton Schultz did last year. I think he had two less receptions and within 10 yards of him. So I don't think it's really realistic. Now that's comparing to last year, two years ago, Dalton Schultz had a ton, but still they're not the same player. So as much as people want to like talk about this tight end group being very thin and weak and whatever it is in him, he kind of is statistics wise. And that's with a Lombardi offense. So Imagine that with a Kellen Moore offense where imagine him having more yards per reception. That number could easily go up. Do you think that that was more a bulk of Lombardi's system, Dan? Or do you think that that was kind of by default given all the injuries that had rattled the Chargers offense? I'm going to take an easy way out and say it's probably a little bit of both. There you go. (laughs) Honestly. Um, But I do think Gerald Everett was a friend of Justin Herbert's last year, especially when Justin Herbert isn't as mobile when guys are hurt in that offense, when you're going quickly uh, in terms of, you know, letting the ball go quickly after you snap it. Like there's a reason why Joe Everett had that much. I mean, realistically he was around the same yards or same total targets as guys like Tyler Conklin, George Kittle, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, all of those guys around the same area. Now, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey, (laughs) Kelsey, Kelsey, 152 total targets. So he had like 65 more. And 
again, outlier. He had 33 more. The next closest was TJ Hawkins at 129. So, like, I think the important question to look at with the tight end focus is, I personally, I'm not worried about tight end one. I've liked no. tight end one here since Gerald Everett came. Same here. I'm worried about what happens underneath that because we talked about last year, like the Chargers had no production from the charge from the tight end group after him. After he was what? I think he had the next guy had I think it was Trey McKitty had 18 targets. Donald Parr had 12 targets. 30 targets combined from your tight end two and three. That's Richard Rogers, <laughs> Stone Smart, give you another nine total. 39 Whoosh. combined targets for tight ends two, three, four, and five. That's what not necessarily concerns me, but someone has to step up. Correct. So of the guys that we listed, I think it's Donald Parham. I think that they're banking on it being Donald Parham. I mean, I, 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 I'd say it would have to be Donald Parham. It has to be that guy to step up, Dan. Um, so certainly he has the best chance of anybody to do it when you look at the rest of this tight end group. But I just feel like there's, there's so many facets to Donald Parham's game that I just feel are, number one, A, unnoticed, and B, underutilized. And first of all, you just have to figure out, obviously, injuries aside, I get that. I understand what he... And, you know, what he has gone through over these past two years with the horrible concussion. And then early last year in training camp with the hamstring that really just took him away uh, for a bulk of the season. But you got to figure out a way to get somebody who's 6'8 and moves as well as he does into open space. You have to do that, number one. And I believe that you can do that. And you just look back to 2021, while not unbelievable, mind-blowing stats, I felt like that was... That was a setup because 2020, the year before that, you had Gerard, him and uh, Jared Clark that were basically sharing the tight end duties at that point in time. And you thought, okay, here comes Gerald Everett. Here comes the decreased drop weight rate, hopefully, after that. And this tight end group is going is going to move really well. And I felt just that, that 2021 was almost a setup season because they wanted to see what if they could build off of 2020. They saw what they had. Donald Parham suffers the unfortunate concussion. And then early last year has the hamstring injury that basically just takes him out for a, a, a huge part of the season. And you just never got a chance to really get the him back into rhythm after being gone that long. So when a guy is has those physical traits, moves like it, remember what Ladarius Green used to be like for this team? You know, kind of a forgotten tight end, but very similar attributes, similar height and could move around with the agility of a wide receiver. I think there's still a lot to unlock with Donald Parham, but Dan, the other aspect of this is that Donald Parham is probably this team's best, or excuse me, this tight end group's best blocker right now. And again, he wasn't here for a bulk of this season last year, which the Chargers missed immensely, not virtually having their best blocking tight end on this on this team because Trey McKitty still has not stepped up into that role. Gerald Everett is not known for some of his blocking attributes. So Donald Parham just brings so much to this tight end group. I was very happy that the Chargers ended up bringing him back. I felt like they they needed to, and especially in a Kellen Moore-led offense, when you have two receiving threats and guys that you could take huge advantage of with Gerald Everett and Donald Parham, I mean, 
Parham has to be the guy to step up. And, and this may be primed for him in Kellen Moore's system. Yeah. I mean, like you think about the red zone specifically, and, and you kind of talked about Joe Everett getting targeted a lot. Like he had more targets in the red zone, or excuse me, he had more reception in the red zone than Dalton Schultz had last year. Dalton Schultz, eight receptions on 16 targets. Gerald Everett, nine receptions on 16 targets. Schultz had the five touchdowns. Everett had three. But for the Chargers, the red zone should look different if you're able to get something out of Donald Parham as tight end two, specifically in the red zone. And as far as, you know, Kellen Moore playing to his team's strengths, in terms of play calling and positioning and all that. That's a strength that most teams would love to have where they can have Donald, a guy who's six, eight. Then you've got two receivers who are six, three, six, four plus jailed Everett can be anywhere. Keenan Allen can be anywhere. Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert offensive line like that. Like that's a dream for most coordinators, especially in the red zone. Now, can they get creative? That's where we're going to hope to see Kellen Moore kind of insert that dominance. But we talk about health all the time with this team. Like that's what Donald Parham needs is he just has to be healthy and stay healthy. So in terms of like roles for this tight end position on this team, like, if we were to kind of stack rank, like, the importance of that group, tight end group versus running back group versus receiver group Ooh. versus offensive line, quarterback, all that stuff. Like, how important is it? Like, where, like, where would you put, like, what would you put a, below it in terms of importance? There's a reason I'm asking this, but like, I'm curious what your thoughts are here. I mean, the, uh, there's a variety of ways you could go with this because obviously everybody would probably say that your strongest group right now, as it stands, would be your wide receiver group. I don't think there's any argument in that as far as your weapons goes. Running backs, it may be almost a tie with the importance of this because you obviously need to improve the running game, but we've seen what Austin Eckler can do for you. Still waiting to see what Isaiah Spiller is going to bring. What is this tight end group? It's still there's still a lot of question marks surrounding it. And the interesting thing that you said there, Dan, is because remember, again, once again, we were all expecting this team to add a tight end at some point to strengthen it, even after bringing Donald Parham back. And Brandon Staley, remember, was asked about it, and he basically said it was fair to say that it was definitely a deep tight end class, talking about the draft. And he said, the way that the board fell, the timing wasn't right for us. You can't get everything that you want. So they were obviously hinting that they were targeting a tight end at some point, but the board didn't fall their way. So is it still a position that we're looking at here to say that there is still a chance that they could look to strengthen this? In my opinion, I think they should. I, th- I think they should. I, I was, As much as I love what Gerald Everett and Donald Parham could be in this type of offense. I think you're still looking for somebody else who can contribute to the run game and not solely rely on one person who's not even out there as a full-time starter. 
And when you have Trey McKitty, who is not producing for you in that circumstance as of yet, and Stone Smart is still more of your athletic, uh, you know, pass catching tight end, not a blocker. You you need someone to reinforce that group in that type of way. So, and, and again, we're talking about blocking and all these other types of things. Those are going to in turn help the running game. So, however you want to look about this. I think this tight end group, just in general, not necessarily isolating one person, because I loved what Gerald Everett contributed to this team last year. This t- this group in in general needs to step up. And yes, it, it may it, as far as your level of importance, it may just be right below the running game. But I feel like these two, in a certain circumstance, kind of go hand in hand because one is going to help the other. Yeah. There's a few different ways to slice it. And, you know, I I think it's important to kind of look at roles for this tight end group and like who does what. Like, I think you're, I think in terms of like playmaker, I think that's Gerald Everett. I think Donald Parham gives you kind of that mismatch element in red zone. And I think his depth per reception or depth per yardage before he catches, I think is amongst the top 10 in the NFL. It's the blocking one that kind of seeps into this running game and how they fix that and the offensive line and Eckler and who's going to be RB2. Like all of that, I think, is the piece that I'm concerned about. Who is going to help the run game? And, you know, I think Gerald Everett, I think, is serviceable while not his strong suit like he he does enough but like if they need they have a need to have it third and one fourth and one and they're running it who's going to be the tight end in there that you're going to feel comfortable with that you want to run behind i mean as it, as it stands right now there's one and he's not even in the starter <laughs> if or, you're asking me or is it we're just not going to trust that we're just not going to have that as a tight end and roll with it go a different direction go the other way misdirection throw it who knows like i think that's a variable now like trey mckitty you know had a pretty i would say did okay rookie year not great last year need to see more from him especially the run blocking especially if that's what you're supposed to be good at donald parham i mean size alone i think should be able to improve on that and john everett I don't care if he run blocks, to be honest. Like, it's nice to have, but I want to see him with production. So, in terms of, like, importance, I think if Donald Parham can get a bump up in production and Jalen Everett, honestly, stays as is, if we can just get something... I don't care. I honestly don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Trey McKitty. I don't care if it's Camp Moyer. I don't care if it's Smart. I don't care if it's UCLA, UDFA. I don't care, but someone that can run block, I think they'll be fine. I mean, Gerald Everett, you saw his yards after catch. Like he could, he could do that. Donald Parham, you saw him streak down the field in the corner. Like I wish he could fall better, but that's a different story for a different day. Uh, do you think there's a possibility the Chargers get another tight end? Still, I, I I do. I know I know we've all been kind of just waiting on 
if the Chargers are going to end up, because I, 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 if I'm correct, I still think that there's one spot available still on their roster, and who knows what could obviously happen between now and September when we gear up for the regular season. But everybody's been talking about it's like, oh, is the John Johnson sign signing close with all of the the tweets that have been put out with him working out with <laughs> you know Morgan Fox and some of the other Chargers? So who knows? Maybe it'll go to that. But I, I just would assume, Dan, that. You know, you hear some of the, again, I'm, I'm going off of some of these quotes that Brandon Staley had said about this tight end group in the end of the last season, because it's a little bit of a, little bit of a dynamic bet- between it. You know, I, the one I just read as far as them looking to invest in a tight end in the draft. And then just in a different quote, he basically just says that he likes the depth that this tight end group has. This tight end room is very rare that he says. Um, you know, because they're, they're part of every aspect of the game in terms of running the ball, being next to the old lineman, protections, anything of that sort. But you look at some of the quotes on the internet, specifically ones that he said about Donald Parham, and I kind of touched on this a little bit. He basically just said that he did not get a chance to show himself last year, but we think that that's a guy, that guy is a weapon. In 2021, one of the reasons that we were such a prolific offense was because of the role that he had in it. We're excited to get him back. And this is after they had signed him back to his new tier tier deal. This is after the draft, obviously. And then you look at some of the quotes that I kind of feel bad saying this because he has one sentence in regards to Trey McKitty. Basically says, we have to get him back rolling, (laughs) but we have confidence in him. And that's it. So we really need it. We hope he can do it. I think, I think it, yes. So I think if you're looking for anybody that could be possibly replaced, let's say. Respectfully. Respectfully. This may be one because in terms of the reasons that the Chargers had drafted Trey McKitty in the first place was because, you know, a lot of people at the time said that when he was drafted, he was underutilized as a wide receiver in his college offense and he was no more for his blocking attributes. And while that may be the case, he just hasn't been able to show anything in, in that regard at the next level in the NFL. I think everybody that remembers from last season is I can't remember what game it is, Dan. Check me on this, but it was the one pass that Herbert throws. And literally, there are four defenders that are at least 10 yards around him. And it's just wide open right there for him to catch it. And it just Drop. goes right off the fingertips. I think that's what everybody yeah, remembers. Again, wasn't that, I think that was like an opening drive coming out of the second half. It, it was something like that. Again, check me on the game. I can't remember what game it was. I just remembered the the actual play. Um, but yeah, it, it was just like a total deflating moment where it was going to be, you know, 25 yards down the field for a, a, a great drive and all for nothing. That was it. I think that's what everybody kind of pigeonholes the 2022 season around Trey McKitty for. So I, I, it's to your point, Dan, do the Chargers still at a tight end. I think regardless of whether Trey McKitty is part of this roster or not this season, I still think the answer is yes. Cause you just, you have to find someone that you can rely on that can be consistent in that department. It doesn't have to be one of these pass catching tight ends. You just need someone to block. And I know that that's a very just weird thing to say as far as utilizing a roster spot, but you have to have it. I think one thing and we don't really hear much about this. Um, and I think this is a really important point. I think one thing that is glaringly missing from this tight end group is kind of like the big play, so to speak. Like, I'm not talking about receptions. I'm not talking about yard. Like, I'm talking about, like, 
per reception or like how many 20 plus yard plays can you get like game changing plays? Right. So some of the best teams in the NFL, I'm talking the chiefs, the Niners, the Eagles, you can go to the giants with Darren Waller, I guess, technically tight end for the Raiders last year, Darren Waller, Dawson Knox, all these guys like big plays. 20 plus yards. Travis Kelsey has 19 of them. George Kittle, 12 of them. Dallas Goddard, 11 of them. Evan Ingram, 10 of them for the Jaguars. Hunter Henry, 10 of them. Pratt Firemuth, 9 of them. You got to scroll all the way down. And you know how many Jalen Everett has? Hmm. Four. And, and remind me, this is for what statistic you're covering here? 20 plus yard plays. <laughs> Reception of 20 plus yards. He has four. Now, that basically means Kelsey is one away from having five times as many 20 plus yard God. catches as him. Now, is it fair to compare him to Travis Kelsey? No, but no. George Kittle has three times as many. Dallas Goddard has almost three times as many. Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry each have two and a half times as many. I, I, would, I would like to, I would probably say that, that those two. Should be what Gerald in the company that Gerald ever should be between Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry. I think that's a fair comparison to say. Now, I think what the Chargers are hoping for, and again, I don't know this. This is just how I would look at it. I was looking at the Chargers and what they have. Okay. Donald Parham last year, again, unhealthy, but what he played 10 receptions, 130 yards, 13 yard average. Compare that to Gerald Everett, had a 9.6 yard average. Now, 1.7 in terms of the receptions per game. Okay, so he had barely any. But Donald Parham, even with that little amount of targets, still, I think, has... I know he had a 24-yard reception, but his average was like 13-plus. I think that's the tight end. I think if they could get Donald Parham, who had two big plays in those 10 receptions, 20% of his receptions were 20 yards or more. So I was just extrapolating this out. So let's just say Donald Parham had the same production as Gerald Everett, essentially meaning Gerald Everett had 58 receptions. Donald Parham had 10. So let's just say six times, roughly. If you multiply that by six, Gerald Everett versus Donald Parham, Donald Parham would have 12 20-plus yard receptions. Three times as many as Gerald Everett. Now, is that realistic to see? No, probably not. But, like, get him up to five, six, seven. And Gerald Everett can be up at, you know, five, six, seven. Now you're cooking. I think Donald Parham is the guy that they're looking for to have that downfield explosiveness at the tight end position. And I would imagine that ideally a couple of years ago last year, but more so this year with Kellen Moore, who that's kind of what his claim to fame is, is throwing that ish down the field. That's the guy who I think are going to see again, if he can stay healthy, the biggest bump in this room and specifically on those big plays. Watch that number. I predict you'll see more big plays 
from Donald Parham 20 yards or more than he will Gerald Everett, regardless of how many receptions either one has. I know there's only one football to go around in relation to this, but they can, hey, they can get 40 more per game if they take away from Eckler. <laughs> yes, which you made a great point of in our last show talking about that. Just in general, though, to get to those numbers, that would be ideal, Dan. I think just in general, to get more production out of this tight end group that you just essentially haven't seen in, and we're not, and we're not just talking about by tight end one here. We're talking about just as a group because you've got weapons on this team that you can utilize. You obviously can extrapolate or you can examine how tight ends produce for you as blockers. You can grab data from that. As just a group, then that's why I feel like that nobody's talking about them that much because it's like, okay, ho-hum. It's the same group as last year. You know, Fingers crossed that they'll end up producing more for us. I think that the... That the Obviously, the priorities, I would say, from investing in this tight end group, as it was kind of hinted at before the draft, didn't obviously come to a fruition. But more so, I think that that's the idea that Brandon Staley and now Kellen Moore are going to have to make this group more productive. And in truth, you have to. You really have to. It can't just be the wide receivers or the running backs that are making plays for me. you got to get more out of this group to become more, more of a versatile uh offense yeah so i think we've talked about kind of where the production increase can come from we've kind of talked about where we hope to see the run blocking kind of come from i think the other thing that i think reared ugly head at times last year were drops and need i remind you jake there were zero tight ends who had more drops than jailed Everett last year zero Gerald Everett had the most drops in the NFL as a tight end. Now, which <laughs> so is it's like, which is bad, which so is weird, bad in and of itself. But when you consider he has more than Travis Kelsey, when Travis Kelsey has 50 more receptions than him, 52 to be exact, that's where that number gets glaring. Now, look, like Dallas Schultz, I keep saying Dallas Schultz, Dalton Schultz in the same kind of realm in terms of production that he had three less drops. He had six. Now, of course, as you have more volume of targets, you're going to have more drops. So like Travis Kelsey was second in the NFL and drops with eight. But again, he had so many more targets than anybody else. Mark Andrews was third. TJ Hawkinson was fourth. Dallas Schultz was sixth. You can't drop that many with that few of relative targets it that has to get fixed how is it the chargers went from gerald cook to watching all those drops to then gerald everett and almost at least if you pigeonhole it to this stat how how is it the chargers have had that in the same position group for two consecutive seasons essentially i don't know but i'll answer your question with a question so you've heard some people whisper about like maybe that's the quarterback's problem. Do you put any blame of those drops on Justin Herbert? Like, does he need to put some more air under it? Does he need to throw it a little lighter? Like, is that a thing? Like, do you have any feelings one way or another of if you think that's should like does that impact it? 
should it impact it? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of that kind of goes back to the whole heydays of you know, like the quarterbacks from the eighties that they said, Oh, he, the, the quarterback didn't have touch. He just throws it like a cannon and he throws it too hard. Or and like Brett Favre. Right. Favre. And, and none of these dudes can catch it. You know, at, at this level, <laughs> you got it, all it, the technology in the world. It's not like you're just playing with Justin Herbert on Sundays. Like you're practicing with this guy throughout the entirety of the off season on a week to week basis, preparing for games. Like that's what makes the difference in game time, in the biggest moments for you to make plays like that. You have to do it. Have to do it. So it's just, it's a weird little anomaly there that <laughs> you go from Gerald Clark, excuse me, I want to, Gerard Clark, who's on this team, I keep wanting to, for some Gerard reason. Gerard Clark, Dallas yeah, Schultz. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, I keep mixing these two names up. Jared Cook, not Gerard Clark. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, what are you talking about? How, the, how you go from Cook to Everett in the drop category. And it's just weird how both being tight ends, that they, they are, were tops essentially virtually and in terms of drops for those two years in 2021 and 2022. So again, I put the emphasis on it. How are you going to get more production out of this tight end group? And it can't just be your starter. So as you kind of look forward to the 2023 season and what to expect and hope for and predict for this Los Angeles Chargers head end group, I think some of the kind of key statistics to look for, how many drops does this team have <laughs> from the tight end position? That's a, that's a sad stat to watch, but... <laughs> Well, you no. understand why we look at it. Yes. Yes. Um, ha- the production of tight end two, I think, is a big one. Because honestly, I'm not worried about tight end one. The production of tight end two. Big plays. Number of receptions of 20 yards or more. How many will this tight end group have? I think that's a big one. That's a big one. And then, Dan, how about how many times are they going to operate out of 12 personnel? Because... The Chargers ranked 20th in the league in doing that last year at 18% running well, 12%. Do you, have, do you have Dallas in front of you? Where were they at? I, I don't have Dallas in front of me in particular, but I would assume the way that Dalton Schultz was getting targets last year, that that would be significantly higher. But again, you, you would expect Kellen Moore to improve on that stat a little bit. Dalton Schultz, by the way, Dalton Schultz had the fifth most red zone targets in the NFL. So you're not wrong. Pretty damn good. Number <laughs> number one on Dallas in terms of red zone targets. Yes. Um, any other stats that I think are kind of going to be prevalent? Glaring? Prevalent? It's weird because red, oh, the, red zone targets. That's the other red, red zone targets. Yeah, which I did the which I did the short about. I would hope that that would take a jump. And again, it was it was nice that again in the mixture of everything because. The Chargers, A, need to improve their red zone offense in general, regardless of what position we're talking about here. But Gerald Everett was number two in red zone targets, just behind Austin Eckler. Did he have Which the best crazy. type of did he have the best type of production numbers? No, could have been better. Could have been better. But I would love to see them running 12 personnel more often when they get inside the 20-yard line. I think that's going to help this offense move and score points dramatically. Dramatically. And when you look at that, as far as like, okay, any other stats to keep an eye open for? Okay, so you want to say tight end usage, 12 personnel. Okay, 
much like what we were talking about with Gerald Everett, you, you kind of look behind it. It's like you, we know what we know what Donald Parham could be. He just needs to take that next step. We're done talking about potential, right? He he needs to be utilized better to his strengths, which I would hope that based off of everything we've heard from Kellen Moore, that that is going to take place. Now it kind of just relies on health, which I know is just a crappy subject to talk about when we're talking about the Chargers, because it just seems like the run of the mill. Okay. Can they stay healthy? If they, if they stay healthy, I, I, Dan and I absolutely hate that term, hate talking about that term. It's cliche at this point. It's, it's a pun. It's just a bad joke at, at this point in time. And then Trey McKitty is Trey McKitty is a lot of question marks around him, and as far as what he is going to be. Um, so there's there is just this unknown factor behind Gerald Everett, and can the rest of this group step up? And so it's, it's I don't think it's stats, Dan. I think it's more just this is the group that really needs to pick up the slack in terms of the offensive skill players. Yes, but I think the what I think is important for folks to look at is what will be indicative of this tight end group's success from a stats perspective. So from a stats perspective, is their red zone target numbers better than 2022? Will they have less or more drops than 2022? Will tight end two be more productive? How many big plays of 20 yards plus will they have? Those I think are like kind of the big picture stats that will tell the story best of how good this tight end group was in 2023. Cause you could talk about the eye test. You could talk about all that kind of stuff. Like st- yes, stats can lie, but those stats don't lie. You can't have nine drops when you're getting 52 less receptions than the guy who has second most. No, you, you, I, just, you just can't. I, I think stats that would be indicative, Dan, as far as seeing it as a positive. Yes, I would take your plays of 20 yards or more definitely as a barometer to measure. If Gerald Everett's red zone targets drop, but those targets are then being transferred to Donald Parham and you're seeing more of a balanced usage between them in the red zone, that's production to me. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I like to see. That is this... 12 personnel that we have been waiting to execute in this offense for years now. That now, be, it doesn't even yeah. have to be 12 personnel. Just put Everett out there. Sure. <laughs> sure. But again, even if, even if we were to still say that his, sorry, his red Everett. zone, just put Parham out there. <laughs> yes. It, I'm again, all over the place today. I'm sorry. Ba- balanced as far as the tight end usage in the red zone. And I, I know we, we have talked about this wide receiver group and how, Lethal it could be in the best weapons that Justin Herbert has had, you know, in the four years that he has been with this team now. But, but it's like untapped potential at this particular position that I think Kellen Moore can take advantage of. Can Kellen Moore unleash? <clears throat> nice pun. The Chargers tight end group in 2023. That is the question that I hope we saw, we answered on how they can do it. The question is, will they? And what that will look like in 2023. So I think that's going to be the bow on the tight end group. What to expect, what they can improve upon, what they need, roster, free agency. Anything else we want to talk about on this episode before we get on out of here? 
That covers it, my friend. Sweet. Well, uh, this has been fun. Uh, for Jake, I'm Dan. Chargers Unleashed. We'll talk to you guys next time on Chargers Unleashed.